This is Music Ed Amplified. Hey there, music educators and change makers. How are you holding up? Whether you are doing great, terrible, or somewhere in between, you've landed at the Music Ed Amplified podcast a place for music teachers to be seen and heard, as well as somewhere to amplify the voices of those who have been for far, far too long marginalized in education. Another thing I like to do on the podcast is something I really can hardly help from doing, keeping things very real. And along those lines, I want to talk to you about something you may be experiencing yourself, and I know for sure that I am. Frustration mixed with exhaustion, mixed with spots of momentary despair, brought on by the latest change in the delivery of instruction. So far in our district, the administration has been dedicated to adhering to the CDC guidelines to keep us safe. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know that we have been doing in-person instruction since September, but the steps have been very measured to keep everyone safe, which I greatly appreciate. Up until this week, we've had two in-person cohorts, A and B, and one virtual cohort, C. The A cohort would come into school on Mondays and Tuesdays for a half day, and the B cohort would do the same on Thursdays and Fridays. On Wednesdays, all teachers and students stayed home so the school could be deep cleaned, and we would teach all cohorts together online. It certainly was stressful to be in person, and we all worked very hard to make sure students and staff were safe. For some specialists, even though we have to teach in the teacher's classrooms on a cart, we've only been tasked with seeing one grade per marking period to reduce risk, and the cohorts were kept purposely small, which was also great. So all things considered, we had a pretty good setup that allowed instruction in person to happen while also keeping everyone as safe as possible under the circumstances. Then last month happened, and there was a huge push on the part of the public everywhere, not just in my district, and a push that I understand in large part for schools to quote-unquote fully open. Now, I say quote-unquote fully open because we've been fully open in every sense of the word uh, for months, meaning we have been doing school. Maybe not the way we used to, but nobody has been slacking. As I've said many times this year, I don't envy anyone in this situation. I'm a parent with four kids learning from home, and I know it can be very difficult, and for those with younger kids, exponentially so. I can see how hard it is on the administration. I would never want to be in between frustrated parents and demoralized teachers. But I can't help but mostly empathize with teachers, my colleagues, and my brothers and sisters. We have been through so much, some of us way more than others, but no one teacher has been left untouched by the stress of the past year. All this to say, when, in my district, we suddenly learned that we had two weeks until things would radically change and that we had very little time to prepare, it was scary and overwhelming. The kindergarten through second grade kids would now go from coming into school two days a week and having one live virtual day each week 
to now being in person five days a week in their classrooms, where the cohorts A and B had been separated, now A and B cohorts are combined each day, straining the CDC guidelines for classroom distancing. For kids third grade and up, one cohort would be in person and one cohort at home, but both would be combining, air quotes again, with what is being called live combined cohort instruction. What this means for teachers of these bigger kids is that we must be parked in front of the computer in order to be constantly visible to virtual students while somehow also teaching the in-person students who are on their laptops as well, even though they're in the room. So I can only speak to the specialist position. Not only have music teachers lost singing with the kids, which is as it should be for safety, but now movement has been almost completely curtailed. We have about 6% of what we would normally teach available to us for the over 200 minutes a week we see these kids. Add to all this the constant technology problems between the internet going off and on and several, several problems with Google Meets not working properly, and you have an incredibly frustrated faculty. But let's be honest, no matter what's happening in your district, not one of you is surprised to hear this. As always, we are the final stop for the domino effect of these problems and decisions that are made largely without our input. The grunt workers of education, if you will. People can complain about us publicly and demand change, and policymakers can write things to impact education, while superintendents say that they are doing this or that to make things better, and the principals try to put into place all the things coming down from the top. But who is it that bears the brunt of all these actions and decisions? Who is in the classroom stressing that kids are not wearing their masks properly or don't have their one-to-one laptops with them and are too close to each other when they shouldn't be? Who deals with a Google Meet where not one of the 26 students is visible because of tech problems? Teachers. We are expected to do everything we did before and more. Somehow we should make up for what is called learning loss with at least a dozen new significant hurdles in front of us. My dear friend and phenomenal art teacher, Debbie, has to make sure the kids have their laptops on their desks, which begs the question, how can they draw or paint without room to do so? Another fantastic friend, Tiffany, who is our school librarian, has to move around on a cart and doesn't have her books with her. One of her constant worries every year is making sure she can put books into the hands of kids who don't always have access. And now she can't really do that in the same ways. Can you even imagine? Not to mention all the stress and strain on the classroom teachers and other pullout specialists. This is simply an untenable situation. And yet no one is cutting us a break. And I don't see it getting any better for the rest of this year. If a teacher chooses to do less to keep their sanity, they're judged for being lazy and in it for the money and all the tremendous free time. Insert raucous laughter here. (laughs) If we try to work harder in spite of all these hurdles, we risk our physical, emotional, and mental health more than we normally do in a regular school year. What's the answer? Well, as usual, I don't know for sure. 
but I know what I am going to do. And it won't surprise you if you've heard me before. I'm going to do the best I can, but keep it within reason. And I will not feel bad about drawing boundaries to keep myself safe and sane and maybe even happy. When it comes to school, I'm going to make sure my students are safe and that their emotional, social, and mental welfare are taken care of. And I'm going to find ways to have fun in music class with them. Will I use YouTube 100 times more than should be normal? Yes. Will I steal great ideas from other teachers who have created them if they let me? You betcha. Will I let go of my guilty feelings about not singing and moving because I simply cannot do so? Well, I'm going to try. And will I challenge myself maybe a little bit without going overboard and not feel guilty about it? Yes. That's it. That's all I've got if I want to stay sane and employed. Be easy on yourselves, my friends. I know I am going to try to do the same. Today's guest is just one of my very, very favorite music educators around and a good friend and my own personal tech guru, Amy M. Burns. Amy has taught pre-K through grade four general music for over 20 years at Far Hills Country Day School. She has authored four books on how to integrate tech into the elementary music classroom. She's presented many sessions on the topic, including four keynote addresses in Texas, Indiana, St. Martin, and Australia. She is the recipient of the 2005 TIME Teacher of the Year, 2016 New Jersey Master Music Teacher, 2016 Governor's Leader in Arts Education, and the 2017 New Jersey Non-Public School Teacher of the Year Awards. She is also the author of a new book from Oxford University Press, Using Technology with Elementary Music Approaches. Amy has graciously agreed to gift one of you, our listeners, a free copy of this new and highly rated book. But you need the secret code, which is only found in the interview. The code to listen for is the name of the children's book that Amy talks about using with GarageBand for Arioso. Listen closely, and I'll tell you what to do with that title once you figure it out. So let's get to it. Amy Burns, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) glad to have you here. Uh, It's always good to see you even in this limited fashion. You're just one of my favorite music ed people ever. You Um, are one of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been asking everybody this question um, about what their teaching situation is. So what's going on with you uh, at your school and how does it look different than, you know, a normal year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what a normal year looks yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. I forget. <laughs> I do feel that our school is doing it well, though, but I am in a, a, a private school. So you and I are both in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, you know, New Jersey as well as I do. It's like we're in central, but we're like north central. Right, exactly. It's a, it's it has, a conundrum to me. It has a this distinction. <laughs> we're, we're a preschool through eighth grade. Far Hills Country Day School is a preschool through eighth grade private school. And mm-hmm. um, we went back September 10th, right? I think it was the Thursday after Labor Day. We have been in person five days a week, and we have not shut down. Wowzers. So, yeah, and I'm really proud of how our school has done it. Honestly, yeah. I mean, um, 
they've divided all, and I have two daughters who go there, so um, they've divided everyone into cohorts and uh, specialists that are, now I'm designated only in the lower school, no upper school, so I'm preschool through fourth grade only. So my, that means my fifth grade instrument class didn't happen this year. Right. But my band, my fourth through eighth grade band, meets Mondays and Fridays after school virtually, so we're making that work. Oh, okay love those children so much they show up every Monday and every Friday and they're playing and we sound so funny on Google Meets because we're out of sync right well we want to make music and we're doing it and they left their videos for me today on Flipgrid I'm going to create this little virtual concert gift for their parents so oh, that's nice so proud of them but um yeah we're in cohorts so every two weeks I have for 10 days straight two grade levels Okay. So it's like this, I'm just finished up preschool, which is a mixture from three to five years old, and um, third grade. So all morning I had preschool, all afternoon I had third grade. And now next week, coming Monday, I'll have first grade, all first grade in the morning, all second grade in the afternoon. Okay. Um, it's working. We're all masked. Uh, there's no singing. That's a, sure. that's. You know that's 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 that that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's painful. It's it's hard. It's hard not to sing. Yeah. You start to realize how much you just naturally did that in the classroom. Yes, that has been happening you to me. Stop yourself. Yeah, and then you can sing or play. We are allowed to play recorders outside in the third grade. That's their thing. They're like, this is what we look forward to. So right. we kept it going and we've been blessed with really good weather. Yeah. Um, I had to record the third graders playing recorder on Wednesday and it was snowing. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I can't, I can't put this in the holiday video. I just can't. And they said, we'll do it Friday. And today it was 50 degrees. So I'm like, right. yes, this yeah, is the, the day weather to do is so crazy. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's really, the cohorts have been good. We're all masked. Singing can happen very spaced out with masks on outdoors, but it's, it's an interesting paradigm. Yeah, for sure. And so you're, so you're seeing kids throughout the year. You just see them every two weeks. Yep. So every six weeks, they'll come back to me. Oh, wait, Um, every six weeks. Right. So they'll do two weeks and then I won't have them for the next two weeks and then I won't have them for the next two weeks and then they're back to me. So it's like two weeks and then four weeks off, two weeks on, four weeks off. Oh, great. I have to say, this is probably the healthiest actually that I've felt because, I mean, I teach preschoolers. Right. So, um, at, you know, to fourth grade, but, you know, <laughs> yes. and how that is. And I, I feel like this is the healthiest I've been because everyone's been in masks. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually by Washing December, your hands all I've the gone time. through, yeah, at least one bout of um, antibiotics, and usually I've lost my voice about three times. And the fact that's that, like, interesting. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I did. I did read something like it would be interesting. It'll be interesting to track how the flu numbers um, are this year. They theoretically they should be down because people are way more careful yeah. than they normally are. So I didn't think about that. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Although there's always a gross kid in the class who just figures out a way to like sneeze the wrong way or like lift up the mask and do something, at least in my experience, probably <laughs> maybe not at your school. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Well, thanks for sharing that. Now let's dig into your area of expertise. Uh, you're the true tech expert. Uh, especially <laughs> to me, you're my guru in this arena, and you always help me, so thank you. Because oh, everyone knows I need a lot of help. Uh, I just thought of this question 
you know, a few days ago, because I'm sure that in normal times, you're kind of always taking stock of what people are doing, you know, kind of have your ear to the ground, like what programs do people talk about that kind of thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm guessing that now in this pandemic, you must be noticing a lot more, you know, tech usage, of course. Yes. So besides the, you know, obvious fact that every teacher out there has had to pretty quickly, you know, get up to speed with things like Zoom and Google Classroom, Google Meet, Flipgrid, uh, and things like that. What have you seen that's been pretty impressive to you that people are doing with technology that are kind of, well, just like people like me who maybe wouldn't normally like say, oh, I want to do a bunch of new stuff. And then people who are maybe saying, I would never do anything. What have, what have you been impressed with that you've seen? The amount of play along videos and movement videos like yeah, right? and body percussion videos. I think some of those people would like a year ago would never have thought that they could even produce one. Right. But now they're like doing weekly ones. Now they're like on PBS with their own yeah. children. <laughs> I'm so impressed with that. Like it, that I am very impressed. And it comes from us trying to find every way that these students can make music with all of these restrictions and limitations from in-person, what we can't do in the classroom, to remote, like with tech limitations of bandwidth and latency and, you know, they really, like what they're doing, you know, mm. any way that they can make music with students, they're figuring it out. Like students don't have instruments at home, but you have a body percussion, so let's do right. a body percussion movement. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a pot and pan, maybe grab that and let's do this percussion play along. Like right. it's... I, that I'm so impressed and like watching some of them go this is my first video and you watch it and you're like wow you know <laughs> you got a knack keep doing it <laughs> yeah well let me ask you something um and this is just selfish because I got to tell you unless Jeremy is producing a video for me I have not the foggiest idea how to do it so I think this would be super practical for listeners let's say you're me <laughs> And you're like, okay. I want to do, um, what's a simple thing? Like a, is a body percussion a good example or? Um, anything that's, you know, the conductor, adding a conductor is always a little challenging. So maybe okay. just flashing cards. Okay. Whether so, it's rhythm cards or body percussion cards right. or something. Yeah. So let's, if you can, um, sure. walk me through what I would do. And you know me, I'm like, I can get to the turning on the computer, getting <laughs> Chrome open what would I do next? <laughs> you can so, think your way through this. Sorry. No, I have a YouTube episode on this. Like I think do I did. you? Yeah, oh, well, I did we've... it. Like the last couple of weeks, I've been approaching all this. Uh, so, like, I try to put that out a YouTube episode every Sunday. So, like, those who I are did not know you were doing that. Oh, yeah, well... those who are using the book, it's like. Um, it's, you know, it's more to the book, like, but okay. it's, anyone can use them, obviously, um, because we're constantly changing now with technology due to this pandemic. Yeah, so. yeah. And the book, as you know, I was like in the completion of it when the pandemic hit. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> that was, that's crazy. So, pe so people can go to um, your YouTube thing, which we can put a link up to yeah. uh, for yeah. people to get to. And you have an episode on this. 
I do, but I'll give you the simplified version. Um, okay. So, and I'll try to use just free tools because uh, it's different for everything. If you're going to use Keynote or PowerPoint or Google Slides, so obviously okay. Keynote and PowerPoint are going to give you a whole lot more to do with your options. Google Slides is as you, as everyone knows because it's probably what they have to be using mm -hmm. is very limited. But let's say you just wanted to put up the rhythm flashcards so that they came up and disappeared along with the music. So, I mean, what you would do is, I would give you a few suggestions. There's always like um, Rhythm Maker, I think, where you could go to, is it rhythmmaker.com? You go over there and it will generate these rhythm cards for you. So it's really meant so that people could sight read rhythms. Okay. It's amazing. So I use that sometimes to just create cards because I'll just say, go into the settings and say, I want two, four, and only quarter notes and quarter rest. And it's going to give me the card that I need eventually as I keep. It's Rhythm Randomizer. There it That's is, it. Rhythm That's Randomizer. It. And it'll eventually give me the card that I need. And so sometimes I'll put use that. I'll screenshot that. Um, Katie Wardrobe has that big free notation. And if you um, download that, you have all these great notation graphics with transparent backgrounds. Okay. So shout like, out Katie Wardrobe. Yeah, great. Shout out to Katie Wardrobe. I do have to um, dispose that I do work for her, so I work for her midnight community. Um, you know, oh, but, I see. So you're making millions of dollars as well. Yeah. <laughs> I Thank think you even, for being transparent with us. I think even Katie just laughed at that one. <laughs> Good, because I was about to do an investigative story on you guys. <laughs> the money you're making. All you TPTers out there and YouTube. I'm not a TPTer. <laughs> raking, raking in the money. <laughs> raking it in. Uh, um, so she, like, I would take the notation library or like rhythm randomizer Okay. And, and then just like create the flashcards, whether I'm just dragging them onto the screen or making a screenshot. So and once I do that to some song, like I've chosen a song, I've chosen the elements that I want, then I create it. And let's say if I put it in Keynote or PowerPoint or Google Slides, all I want to do is go into the animation. So it pops up, ta, 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 or however you're going to count it. It disappears. Here comes the next one. Well, that one um, is up. The other one starts floating in, and the other one disappears, so that they can read ahead. But wait a second! Just... Wait a second! How did you get from the thing to the Google slide? <laughs> so we're just talking about the animation. So think about right. how you animate anything. It's like animating an object. So let's well, say you put... let's pretend like you never animated an object. I'm okay. not talking about me. <laughs> of course not, Amy. That's insulting. I've seen oh, you animate I... objects. I know you know how to do this. I don't. I really don't. If I do, it was a total accident. <laughs> In uh, Basics Google Slides, if I put an object on the screen, there is an animation tool. They at least give you that in Google right. Slides. And that one would be like it's going to float in. Right? Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yes. So you, you, you yeah. take those things from, let's say, Katie's page. Yeah. Like you, yeah. And you can okay. just, you know, like you could, if you take her notation of four quarter notes, you can group them together. And now you have a group. Right. And then let's say you're going to do three quarter notes and a quarter rest. So the, you group those together. So you have the group, you animate it to appear, right? Then you animate the next one to appear, then you may disappear the first right. one. Okay. So they're reading it. Now, where do you get the music in? In Keynote and PowerPoint, it's usually like add a soundtrack. And in Google Slides, it's not as intuitive. You'll add... You'll add an audio file. Then you have to uncheck a box because it's like it will say, 
only play on that slide and you have to uncheck that box right. and then it will play the entire thing. The <laughs> final step is now you have a soundtrack and you have these flashing rhythm cards, right? Okay. Now you have to screen record yourself clicking the button so they appear correctly. Right. And so Loom is wonderful. I tend to I go to Loom. Loom. Loom is great because it gives you, right now during the pandemic, educators get it for free, the pro version, and you can make unlimited timing in your videos, not just here's a five-minute video. You can go for an hour. Now, wow. after the pandemic, they'll only give you 45 minutes per video. But still, that's, that's more than a lot of the other. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll all be outside playing Frisbee and singing songs yeah. at that point. Yes. So who's oh going to want to do an hour-long video anyway? <laughs> no one is going to want to do an hour-long video. So, I mean, I know that's hard, but go to my YouTube channel. It'll show yeah. you, it shows you PowerPoint. It shows you Keynote. Okay, so here's, here's my promise. So people listening, do this with me. We are going to make one of these videos. Even I'm saying this, but inside I know you're not going to do it, Missy. But I'm going to try... And um, we'll share it on the Music Ed with Missy Facebook page. Tag Amy. So, um, <laughs> and you'll get one million air points from me, which is just, you can do so much with that. <laughs> anyway, okay. So I like that. And definitely we will uh, put that link uh, on the page so people can watch a more sequential but, you know, not me interrupting you with my stupidity. It's all good. No, no, no. And it's not. It's not. It's not intuitive. This is something that, like, you know, you have to start simple. Because yeah. if you try to go with your grand idea, you'll 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 want to like throw the computer out the window or whatever yeah, device you're using. So, I'm so impressed with what I've seen. Um, one of my amazing student teachers, Siobhan, uh it's just, this is just how the world is funny, right? One of my former colleagues texted me and said, I'm watching my grandkids while they do virtual school. And she's like, there's this teacher who reminds me so much of you. So she shows me the teacher, the music teacher, and it's my student teacher. Um, but I don't know how she reminded her of me because she made what looked like a PBS miniseries of like these videos with like backgrounds and she was like in a haunted house and I'm so impressed. The quality is so good. It's so yeah. fun and engaging. I think it's a really cool way um, to work against kind of the doldrums of what these kids are experiencing right now online, virtually. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. So, all right. Well, I have a question. Speaking of connections with these young teachers, it keeps me yeah. feeling young. Um, we have a listener. Her name's Ula Parmentier. She was a student of mine in elementary school and is now a district music teacher colleague of mine. And how cool That's is that? Amazing. She is probably so sick of me saying this, but sorry, Ula. I'm going to say it all the time because it's the coolest. <laughs> but anyway, she wrote this question. Yay! What are some ways we can design meaningful and engaging content while also being mindful of our students' own tech limitations? For example, slow internet, lack of skills and support. I've seen discussions about this topic for a while from educators. Even in my personal experience, it's certainly been interesting to see my students' screens on GoGuardian and just how even the most basic screen share takes forever to load. I'd love to hear about this from a tech expert. Ah, Ula, such a great question. It is, and there's no simple answer. 
everyone's experiencing something different and the only thing we can be is is have empathy and really just you know constantly try to see the positive when that is happening because it's so frustrating it's frustrating for the child it's frustrating for the parent who's trying to help them and it's frustrating for the teacher who's helpless um and so i my advice here is and it's hard because as specialists especially when we're working with the youngest of children we don't have the benefit of having an assistant so when three four and five year olds log in no one's there to help us if the parents are having tech. And so now they're starting to interrupt your class, asking you these questions, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know, I don't know. Or they're emailing you, wondering why you didn't answer the email. And it's like they forget <laughs> that the assistant isn't in the class anymore with you, so no one can answer that. Um, so that's that's the one thing for me is if you are starting the new school year or if you're starting with a new cohort online or something like that, you really do need – to have the best relationship with those, the classroom teachers and see if they can hang for one class with you online to help you get through some of the tech issues. Like, you know, the first grader who doesn't know how to share a screen. So that, like, that teacher or that colleague or that, I don't know, even that mature student can, in the chat box, tell them and help them. Like, yeah. we do need that little help because what's happened is we could command our classrooms as we grew as teachers, we learned how to command our classrooms. Right. But even the most veteran teacher didn't know how to command an yeah. online classroom. Right. We just some of didn't. them are huge, some <laughs> of these classes. They're large. They're with these tech issues. So I think the first thing we need is help. And though, you know, I think we have to ask for it. Like, mm. right, we need help. And maybe we do need to find that teacher that can help us, that tech person that can help us. Like, to sit on a, a call with us to give us pointers or just to ramble in the background all the things that could be worked on so that we can teach and help them and not let them feel so frustrated. Because that's the thing. Yeah. They're frustrated and you're frustrated and that's hard. Yeah, it can be a recipe for disaster. Right. For classes that have really limited tech. Because when I've done online teaching, I did it all last spring, all summer. And then we've had, our school has always stayed open, but we've had one cohort that went uh, in quarantine for two weeks and it ended up right during my two-week uh, time, time with them. Time with like, them, of course. Actually, it was my daughter who was oh, in the quarantine. No. She wasn't sick, but right. one of her classmates her class was. tested, yep, right. and she had to go out. So she's home while I'm at school. Oh, <laughs> she's logging in. Like, hey, honey. Um, but, like. I noticed that there are very um, different tech because some can't put their screen on. If they show you their camera, they slow down their tech and they can't do anything. So like forcing the kids to stay on camera, as much as that would be so much better for us to connect with them, some just can't do it. And therefore, we can't expect them all. So then, yes, you're going to have some take advantage of it and never put their camera on and then we're losing that connection. And those are all tough things. Sure. And when it comes to that, that's where I think the motivation piece has to become almost what's going to drive your lesson. Hmm. So you have students who are struggling because they can't get on. You have students who are like, well, if they don't have to show their camera, I'm right. not showing the camera. There are students who aren't turning in assignments. We've read all this. Students who, who aren't logging in um, because they don't want to. Students who aren't logging in because they only can at certain times with the internet. 
So I think any sort of motivation at this point is going to be a necessity. So like digital badges, um, those are your motivations. Like if you get to five digital badges, you will earn this. You will earn that. You know your students best to know what could motivate them. But what but is a digital badge? So um, it's like a sticker. Let's say you gave out a sticker in the classroom. Yeah. It's like a sticker. So for me, it's like recorder stars. You know, if they earn 10 recorder stars, they go from the yellow belt to the blue belt. And then they go right. from the blue to the red. So digital badges are kind of along that same to line. To make them? Um, you can. Canva.com is a great tool to make them because the platform is already there. I know how to use Canva. There. All right. I mean, it's great. And for educators, you get a free version. And you go in there and you write badge. And then they come up with all these badges. And you're like, oh. Okay. I did not know that, and yeah, I just paid for that. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> but I have the free version. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm fancy, Amy. <laughs> you are fancy. Well, my school started using it, so then they said, do you want access to it? I was like, me, uh, yes, me, please. me, me. Um, but, yeah, if you put in badge, like the ones I found, I'm like, oh, well, great. Okay, so and my school has already put in their colors. I'm like, perfect. Oh, that's Make awesome. that badge the school color. Great. Okay. Make that, this perfect. Put the little, like, yeah, okay, I got it. The logo's in. There's a logo. Perfect. And there's a badge. And so when I was online with them, I would start, you know, just, they started earning badges. And if you're not comfortable putting up a chart with all their badges on it, you can just say, like, you can send it to them personally. Now we right. all have to use online learning platforms. Yeah. So that's a great place to give them their badge. And then, again, just motivating them and it's literally just like giving them stickers in the yeah, classroom. classroom all yeah. right cool I did not know about that well thank you um for answering that I have another question for me uh, is so you know a, a person let's say the people who are pretty you know tech basic and have gotten pretty good with zoom or meets or whatever they're using and maybe Google Classroom, and they're like, okay, I'm ready to ch tackle one more thing or two more things um, because I feel pretty good about this and I do want to up my game. So things like, you know, for me, what comes to my mind is like Flipgrid, Seesaw, Nearpod. What one thing would you suggest to a person like me who tends to get overwhelmed with tech? You know, can you be like, there's plenty of tutorials on this. Just try this one thing. Really depends on the platform they're using. And okay. again, like you said, how comfortable they are. So let's say it's someone who's using Google Slides a lot in their um, remote learning. I would say level it up to Pear Deck because Pear Deck's going to give you the option. It's an add-on to Google Slides. And the free version gives you three things that interact with the kids. The paid version gives you five items. But what it will do is it will interact with the kids. So you're like joinpd.com for Pear Deck. So let's say you create a Google Slide lesson. Okay. And then you go Pear Deck add-on. So it's going to say, oh, what interactive tool do you want to use in your slide? Well, I have put up four rhythm patterns. And I am going to clap one of them, and I want them to drag the dot to the rhythm pattern. Now I'm going to get an assessment tool, and I'm going to get interaction. I Or I want to know how they're feeling. So I'm going to put up the blob tree and tell them to call, you know use the drawing tool to circle the one that is what they're feeling so I know how they're feeling. So these little interactives, they're on their device. They go to joinpd.com. They can have a Google account. I believe they can also log in without a Google account. And so they just go there, they put in the code, you give them much like you do with Kahoot, and then they, now they have all your slides, and the slides are on their screen. 
If you hit teacher directed, you're directing the slide so they can't go ahead of you. Okay. And then when it comes to interactive slides, like there's your drawing tool. Could you circle this? Could you draw a rhythm pattern and then clap it for us? Could you? That's a great level up if you're already using Google Slides in your lesson because it just adds on. It's an add-on. Just Google it. It's free. The paid version's better because it gives you all the tools, and the two tools that the free version don't use are the ones you really want, which I think is like drawing and drop and drag. So <laughs> like, that's Pear Deck. That's Pear Deck. Is, is Nearpod just another kind of Pear Deck? Nearpod is Pear Deck on steroids, so Nearpod's going to give you a lot more. Yeah. And teachers have created, like David Rao, you had on your podcast, has created things in Nearpod. So there's other, I think Eileen Miracle uses Nearpod. So there's a lot of like great music educators out there, and they might be submitting things that you can, do. I think you can purchase them in right. Nearpod or um, find them. I don't know if they're all free. I can't remember. Right, right. I yeah. remember, um, I think Aileen had a blog post that I really liked, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, so those are just, it's kind of the same thing. Like, they are, but Nearpod does a whole lot more. Okay. It's like Pear Deck, I would say, it's just a very simple interactive tool to add to your Google Slides. And it's great. You have Google Slides. This thing goes right onto it. But Nearpod has an add-on, I believe, as well to your Google Slides. Okay. You have a free subscription, right, a free version of it, but that's probably quite limited if there is one. So, yeah, but Nearpod just does a whole lot more. And then, again, a lot of people submit things there. Okay, so... So just so I my under my mind can understand this, I have my Google Slides. I put my lesson on there, but I just kind of want to up the ante a little bit. So I go to Pear Deck or Nearpod, and that's just going to give me something fun to put into the Google Slides. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, because I have to. T you want to hear a secret? I think I'm part of the one percent, the one percent of human teachers who does not have any idea what Kahoot is. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's some kind of like quiz, something or rather, because my yeah. kids are always talking about it. So were you saying that Pear Deck is like Kahoot or? Uh, the login is like it. So like today I had my third graders. They knew because it was on, you know, I had them for two weeks in a row. So on Friday, it's like Kahoot Friday. They're like, yahoo, Kahoot Friday. Um, and it's questions. It, what I'm actually doing is the retrieval method in like mind brain education because I was Trying to see, I'm trying to retrieve how much they learn during the week. It's right. really just for me, but um, they love it because it is like a game show. But again, I give that caveat because it's a game show. If you have students who struggle, it almost frustrates them a little bit. Sure, so it, sure. it's an that option. That would be me <laughs> if it yeah, was a math a, class. <laughs> it's an option and it's fun. And but if you have students who like emotionally and learning struggle. That's a tough, I think Kahoot's challenging for them because they don't understand that they don't all get on the leaderboard and they don't understand why, like, it, it's, you know, they don't ever see their name up on the screen. Now, there's probably, yeah. I, I'm sure someone listening is going, well, you can change that. You can probably change that setting. Sure. But Kahoot is a lot of fun. It is like a game show. It's okay. really made to be a gaming type of system. And, yeah, right now okay. it's still, the premium version is still free. As of today. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's good. Will you, uh, this is just, I feel like I'm asking, all my guests have been so fantastic. So I, I, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Would you come back in the future? We're not done, but I want to ask you now <laughs> ahead of time. Um, and we'll do our normal, me asking you what Seesaw is and trying to sure. understand it. We'll do a whole thing of just course, about, yes. and maybe you'll even like walk me through the process. That would be a very I funny can. video. <laughs> 
we win that. Me crying, you telling me it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So thank you for that. I I will also look at – so just so I understand this one more time, I could choose Pear Deck or I could choose Nearpod. I wouldn't want both things. No, I would take one and learn it – Again, I know Pear Deck just because it just, you know, my school has this subscription. So it's like, okay, I'll use that. That's, but if I you're mean, me, which one would you pick? I would, if your school has a subscription to one of them, I'd pick the one your school has because then your IT will help you. But what if they don't? Because um, Pear Deck, <laughs> I feel, is easier than Nearpod because Nearpod can do so much more. But that's the thing. Nearpod <laughs> can do so much more. Right. But you, I guess you have to know know thyself. Like, are you going to get super frustrated? If so, yes. do Pear Deck. If do you're, Pear Deck. If you're ready for a bit more, you know, splash, but a little bit more work, Nearpod. Nearpod. Um, yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, we have a question. I'm going to ask the question from one of our listeners. Um, but I'm going to lead into the final question because the two work together so well. So, uh, Mindy Way Johnson wrote and said, where do we go for accurate information about technology? I'm wishing someone would write the idiot's guide to Seesaw, iPads, iMovie, Google Docs, etc. And here's, first of all, you have resources already that you've done, but you have a brand new book, um, called Using Technology with Elementary Music Approaches. So before anything else, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Missy, for your contribution in it. Right. Listen, <laughs> if there's anything I'm an expert in, it's technology. So you're welcome, America <laughs> and the world. No. I just wrote a little bit about Fire Oven stuff. But uh, can you tell us a bit about the book and then share why you've considered a good resource for everybody in elementary music and specifically for people um, who are fire and teachers. Yeah. So you and I, I was, I was quizzing you to come up with this, this book because mm-hmm. I was going through some, and I think I had one that I made you pre-read. I, I think Oxford made you pre-read like a book oh, that yes, was yes, yes, yes. premise before. And you pointed out so many good things. And I was like, you're right. It's really not where I'm trying to go. And then I said to you, when I, really think teachers need is how to integrate technology into a methodology that they're already using, an approach they're already using, um, even if they're using multiple approaches. So it came from our discussion on going through all that. And Ooh. then I said, you know what, we really, that's, we need this. Like, because technology changes, these technology books, they're tough. They're so tough. Yeah. That's why I have like a YouTube channel and a supplemental website to Because things that are changing book. so much. Right. And so therefore it doesn't go out of style. I mean, that book was being like finished when a pandemic hit. And I'm like, right. oh my gosh, that's going to like, because all the tech is going to change quick to try and adapt to schools that are online with challenging technology. I'm like, wow, it's going to be tough. Um, so that's why I have the supplemental website and, and things like that. But the book really is helps you to make sure you know the approach or you can discover the approach or you already love the approach. So you can go through that and review it. That's what I love. Like you wrote on Fire Robin's First Steps. You actually wrote on Conversational Solfage, but me not being certified in that yet, I pushed that to another book. (laughs) I want to really be able to, like I had gotten through your first steps class and then started utilizing and seeing the beautiful difference. And I was like, all right, so here's where, here's where a technology can integrate, but it's still first steps. 
still Dr. Fire Robin's eight-step right. workout. Right. So then um, Glennis wrote, Glennis Patterson, shout out to New Yay. Jersey educator, wrote the Kodai overview. I met her at NYU when we were going, I was doing Kodai level one, she was level three. And then Ardith, shout out to her, she wrote the Orf Schulwerk. And then Sheree Herring, shout out to her, helped me with the project-based learning. So what I was doing was really elementary music educators, we, we're we not bound to any sort of approach. You know, we all kind right. of go through a self-discovery and we change our approaches as we change um, and grow and our students change and grow. So we all have these things we pick and choose. We all have these ingrained. We've gone to so many PDs and we tend to go towards these workshops that help us in this way. So with that, I was like, those are wonderful foundations. So how can tech enhance the foundation? Never like adapt it or even like that. It's just how can it help the foundation? So the book is, these are tools to teach and here's tech to show another way. Maybe here, mm -hmm. here's a way you'll reach it. Maybe, maybe doing a pitch exploration where they can draw it is a great way to get them to understand it. And then they can draw and record themselves doing right. the pitch exploration. A lot more engagement. Right. It's something that they're going to remember. And so I had a, in one of the examples in the book is a kindergarten class of mine and all, there's an ebook of all their pitch explorations. Oh, so cool. they drew them themselves and then sang them. And you're like, wow, this is amazing yeah. to what they were coming up with and just how real it became to them that this was important to warm up your voice, but then that they were visually seeing what their voice could do right. and the extensive that their voice could travel so far. So I love that. Um, and I'm trying to think the, oh, Arioso. I really liked hitting that in the book with technology. I, we took um, Kate DeMillo's book, La La La, which mm -hmm. is just a book of laws. And the kids started to just create what those laws were on each page mm, off great. of what they were inspired by the pictures and you're like oh. and I remember just recording that and then just threw a garage band track around it like I realized they were singing in G flat and I was like all right let's be G flat. yeah I was like good old G flat good old G flat I was like <laughs> okay well it wasn't C so I was like right good for them they had their pitch up I was yeah. like they weren't down low in their voice they were looking at it and then going up and down and that example is included in the book and yeah, so I really think I love this book because it's not about technology. It's just about here's your foundation, and did you know that you could do this or that with technology to enhance that foundation or to just do something a little different with that foundation? Okay, so, I mean, I encourage people to get this book. Um, it, it's really interesting, and it just has practical ideas, which we all need. Um <laughs> And we'll uh, talk about conversational solfege later. <laughs> I have to I'm going to get course. you into that class. <laughs> um, and then are you planning on doing a follow-up book or uh, something else? Yeah. I mean, I would love to. I, I, when I did the, I think I did the webinar in October for um, Fame. Yes. yes and yes. Uh, you know, that was the question, like, so can you do one for conversational solvage? And I'm like, sounds good. Yeah, I'm like, I'm all ready to do it once I take the course. Like, I have to take the course and apply it because I feel like I, I'm not doing you all justice. Right, I understand. If I don't sit there and really just go through it. And no, that's, that's, that's great. 
that was the other thing. It was like, I want, like, when I wrote that book, it's like, this is not like, here, I have this idea, and I think you should try. This is like, so when you do this, right. these students would go this way, but these students are probably going to go this way, so you might want to think about this, like, right, because you've so done many, it. Yeah, essential yeah. questions we put in there, essential understandings, you might need to tech tip this or adapt this. All right, so, and uh, before we go, can, I know you have some resources from, before, I don't know if you would recommend them or if, is there um, a kind of basics place for teachers to learn about technology? Um, I, I hear are people you should follow. I think okay. that like, that's really where to go is follow a lot of these people. Follow me, please. Yes. Um, but like Katie Wardrobe, yes. And I know, again, I'm going to disclose that I do work for her on her community. Right. So you can take this with a grain of salt, but Honestly, she has a reputation. I don't think you need to take it with a grain of salt. Like, sure. No, she I've, really does. She's awesome. Yeah, and she does so much free stuff out there. Um, her community is even better because it's almost like the Facebook groups, but without the the times when it can get too sensitive and you can't read them anymore. Right. That's missing from her community. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is that a paid thing? Like you pay yes, to be? Yes, I think oh, that's okay. why okay. it's missing from our community. <laughs> <laughs> it's paid. Um, she's great. Uh, so Shauna Longo is here in New Jersey, and she moved from middle school, and she went to like young elementary. I think she's K through two. But she does a lot with arts integration and like um, arts NJ. Like I think it's arts NJ Edu. So she's a great one to follow, and she does a lot with tech. Mm -hmm. um, Cherie Herring in South Carolina is fabulous. She's done elementary awesome. music tech for as long as I've done yes. elementary music tech, and we always get together and usually present together. She's, she's phenomenal. There's other great ones out there that people will mention, and I'm not mentioning it. I'm sorry. It's not like I'm just trying to leave anyone well, out. Well, we're going to make so we're gonna make a list for the website, so we'll, you have some time to think about it. Oh, good. There's so many good ones. And, um, oh, Denise Gagne. Yes. Man, how could I forget Denise Gagne? What she like, she's just, I mean, her music play online, which is free right now, I would just go and explore that. Um, the resources there that she puts up and, and how she presents it is quite good. And she, again, is taking all the approaches and putting them into how music play is, but she always makes it very affordable. There's also other great ones out there. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to leave them out. I'm trying to tell you what I know. So it's like yeah, if of course. there's a listener going, but I do this and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. That's amazing and great for you because you found that tool. That's the best thing ever. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. You have to you have to just follow and watch and listen and then go, This is how I'm gonna do it well. And that's mm. great. Because mm -hmm. with tech there's like 27 different ways to do one thing. Yes, so exactly. like <laughs> find the 25th way that right, right, works right. best for you. And I'm going to go with the third way. And, it's, it's <laughs> and I'm going to be doing it on a piece of paper with a pencil. So <laughs> we all, we all have our place, Amy. <laughs> I'm over that's here trying with... to get my clicker working. Oh, the clicker. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the one good thing about not being on conference tour is not having to worry about tech. It's been a nice break. That's except one good when, thing. <laughs> except when we do online like, well, there is webinars. That. <laughs> then you're like, oh, gosh, let me bring out the second monitor. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, no Roblox. A, Girls, yes. get off of Roblox. Stop <laughs> the Roblox. <laughs> get the dog quiet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, the dog will never be quiet. I don't even have one, but there's a neighbor's dog. <laughs> um, the neighbor, ding-dongs. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> 
There was one webinar I was giving, and it was like one of the big ones. Like it got projected out, and in the middle of the webinar, I see behind me someone like opened the door, left something, and closed the door. Oh, that's I think it's you, Sarah. So... <laughs> and she left something in the back. And like when I watched rewatch the webinar, I'm like, oh, something was just handed to me. <laughs> yes, like a newscaster. Yeah, this so just like, in. Just, this just in. <laughs> yeah, I've had it where um, my my kids are cr- like crawling on the floor behind me between my chair and the green screen thing or whatever you yes. call it because they're trying to let the dog out and I'm in between the so so anyway um <laughs> so we will share a list of as much as you and I can come up with so people yeah. can go there and I'll also put it on uh the music ed with Missy Facebook page um and ho- hopefully that will be a nice place for people to go Yes. And at least start. Um, and like I said, I hope you will come back. We'll do a little Anytime. seesaw talk because I'm still, I still am struggling with it. Let's That's, do it. Yes, Let's do it. For yeah, sure. seesaw is, um, you know, I feel for the teachers who are like, I was just handed seesaw. Okay. You know, what do I do like, now? Gonna, yeah, because like we, we were handed seesaw five years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, and then they had to make these huge improvements because, so many people yeah and they were like oh we're not that type of learning management system so they were going through so much to try and get themselves into more of a google classroom type of thing Mm -hmm. and um so you saw it is intuitive like it is i mean your little kids can look at that platform it's very intuitive Hmm. but behind the scenes for us teachers (laughs) right there's a lot of questions and i i think their video tutorials are amazing and and if you follow people like Chris Shiner on YouTube, you learn so many tricks of Seesaw that, okay. like, I learned so much from him. I was like, I had no idea Seesaw could do all of that, and I've done it for five years. Wow. So. All right. Well, we'll put, we'll put that list up. We'll have you back. Yeah, um, this sounds great. I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out and talk and help me and the listeners. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for oh, being thanks here. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I can't wait to see all your great podcasts, Missy. I'm so glad. Oh, thank you. That you're, you're doing this because it's oh. like one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. Thank yes. you very much. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. So I'm thrilled thank to have you as part of it. And I will see you next time. And thank you for all your contribution to the book because, I mean, it's, it's, it's reviewed highly on Amazon. I, I, the first day it sold out something because people can get That's awesome. <laughs> what do you know? What's my favorite part of this book? That it's from Oxford University Press. That's my favorite. I'm like, oh, excuse me. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm an Oxford uh, author. Just I'm lo- looking for my tweed coat and my pipe so I can just walk around. <laughs> the next time can we do it let's do a vodcast like well you know we'll we'll, we'll be dressed (laughs) nobody wants to see this (laughs) anyway thank you amy thank you confession Since recording this with Amy a couple months ago, I still haven't tried to create my own play-along video. But hopefully I will, and when I do, you know I'll tell you how it went. Thank you, Amy, for always being so gracious and patient with me. I can't wait to have you on again. If you figured out the secret code for the book giveaway of Amy's new book, Using Technology with Elementary Music Approaches, 
email it to me at musicedwithmissy at gmail.com. And if you include a screenshot showing that you subscribe to the podcast, you're going to get an extra entry. And guess what else? If you share the secret code, subscribe, and write a review wherever you listen, you're going to get four entries for this free book. Who doesn't love free stuff? Stay tuned on my social media for when the live drawing will take place. And don't forget, I get super over Sherry on those giveaway nights. So there will probably be more than just Amy's book being given out. Have questions for me or want to send in questions or comments for our guests? Send them to me at musicedwithmizzy at gmail.com or reach out on Twitter at docstrong26, Instagram at musicedwithmissy, or on the Music Ed with Missy Facebook page. Our podcast is co-edited and engineered by Jeremy Strong, who, along with our son Owen, wrote and performed the music for the podcast. I cannot tell you how much I would love it if you would take the time to share this new podcast with your friends and colleagues. And if you're willing to subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts, that really would help us get the word out to more and more teachers. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. I know you are busy and life is demanding a lot. I hope that it was worthwhile and that you're motivated to reflect on your philosophy and practice. I'm going to see you next time, but until then, keep doing all you can to create a more musical, thoughtful, and just world for your students, their families, and your community. Music